This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to our Squiz Shortcut series on building a business brought to you by Square. Having a side hustle, being your own boss, starting the next Aussie unicorn, entrepreneurship is something that many Aussies aspire to. But figuring out where to start can be intimidating, so it can be hard work to find out if it's something for you. So in this four-part series, we're talking to four Aussie businesses about exactly that, what they wished they knew before they started and how they got to where they are today. In this episode, we're talking to Collective Closets about dealing with the unexpected, being able to adapt and how it can drive success. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Fatuma Denzako. Fatuma, welcome to Squiz Shortcuts. It's so great to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How exciting. Now, Collective Closets is a Melbourne-based clothing label. You make designs using incredible fabrics from Africa, think lots of great patterns and fun colours. The idea came to you when you attended a wedding in Kenya. So my sister was getting married in Kenya and her and I have been wanting to start our own business for a little while. Like we had our own little side hustle for a while called Grandma's Finest. When my sister was getting married, we were like, oh, well, what what are we going to do next? And through that kind of process of her wedding, we actually just kept coming to this one point where it was just like, oh my God, look, these fabric, that would be really cool in a dress. And then by the end of the trip, we were like, that's what we're doing. So you found your idea and you decide that you're going to give it a shot. Talk us through what those first few years looked like when you began. The first few years were just like late nights. We both had full-time jobs. I would finish my job and then I would start on collective closets from like seven till one in the morning. Um, And weirdly didn't drain us because it was so exciting. And then as we launched it, it was like, all of our friends buy a top, we'll have enough money to then do a second production. Um, we also tried to not do everything. We didn't have a lot of money. So we kind of just focused on the areas that we could actually do really, really well. And then put the things that we needed to work on, like packaging on like the to-do list or wish list. And you went from those first few years with pop-ups and an online store to opening a retail store in June, 2019. Of course, it wasn't long after that, that COVID hit. How did that impact you? most of our sales are actually coming in store and so we were a little bit like this is a really really um, alarming what does this mean you know looked at our team there was three of us at the time and we're like what else can we talk about because the thing about it was people were scared at the time it was really impacting people's mental um, space and the way they bought things so we decided that we weren't going to push any clothing content that we were just going to start like a series called collective conversations where we would talk to different women about what they were going through and we started that as a weekly series and then we actually had captivated an audience and so for us coming out of it was actually our biggest jump in a business and so then that gave us the kind of like confidence to keep on going I was like oh my god actually wow if we can make it through coronavirus and that was a saying in the business if we can make it through coronavirus we can make it through everything 
like so much in business comes down to how you deal with the unexpected and being able to be flexible. And it sounds like you were able to turn it around and make lemonade out of lemons or perhaps customers out of a community. COVID, of course, though, wasn't the only big event of 2020 that impacted businesses. There was also the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And that had a huge effect on our business. And I've spoken to other businesses that are run by women of color and they all felt it. So people that were might have been apprehensive about our business um, were willing to give us a go and maybe even publications that necessarily we'd approached and they were like, no, I don't think so. Not because they didn't like our business, maybe it just wasn't the right timing, were really open to talking with us. And so all of a sudden, like we were getting shared a lot and that also helped. And then we also felt way more responsible in the messages of uh, what we were talking about. And so that also helped us solidify our journey, what our ethics were, what our philosophy was, and make sure that we weren't wavering from that because we realized we don't have to conform to be successful. What's clear from your story is that there's always going to be things that you can't plan for, but by being flexible, you can make the unexpected, good or bad, work for you. And we're going to get into how you can prepare for the unexpected next. It's common for business owners to try something it might not quite go to plan, but they take those lessons and use it to plan their next move. We've already touched on the fact that you had a business before Collective Closets called Grandma's Finest. What lessons were you able to take from that experience? I think customer service and building a community. So with Grandma's Closets, basically what's, what happened was we just did markets. And so what we were able to do is basically you'd have these conversations with people and then they would follow you around to the different markets. So we knew very early that it was more about like us going, you know, how can we help you? How can we make this look better on your body? And having those conversations. So we really understood the importance of just really good customer service and connecting with your customers. And that like is still like the foundation of our business now. Now, to be flexible in business, you need to have a really clear understanding of how your business is going and what options you have available. So to get really practical now, how have you managed to do that for Collective Closets? As we were trying to work and do more pop-up stores, we were trying to work out what would be the best for our business. And we kind of started to look for a really cool gadget or really good application that we could use and kind of bring us forward. And then we found Square. It ticked all of our boxes. Not only was it a pod system, but it also had all of these other systems that gave us all the data. And so that for us was pretty much it opened up our eyes straight away like, oh, wow, look at all these reports. Look at all this information that we could be getting. So it ended up being this like system that we then embedded into the way the business runs. And so that information that you get from Square, that helps you to make the right decisions for the business. So for us, like that reporting is pivotal for how we can kind of future plan. So every season, even when we're thinking about what is popular, we're not just like talking about it. We're actually going through and saying what's sold, what size is sold. And you can spit that out in a report and it gives it to you straight away. It tells you what time of the day is really busy. So even saying to our staff, listen, it looks like 11 o'clock is the busiest time. Let's try and not have a break around that time. And even from like a cash flow, like knowing, okay, how much resources to put in the store, this is how much resource to put online. Even those questions are literally sitting in front of you in your, in your dashboard. Um, so that's kind of how we've really used it. 
Fatuma, it's clear that Collective Closets has been able to build something really special, even through all the challenges of the first couple of years. The path to success and growth might always be linear. It's always how you deal with the challenges you face that makes all the difference. And it sounds like you guys are really onto something special here. Before we finish up, I'm just going to pick your brain a little more. At the end of each Shortcuts episode, we usually give recommendations for listeners. It's normally something to read or listen or to watch. But this time around, I've got two quickfire questions for you about recommendations for starting a business. Firstly, what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone who's thinking about starting a business? It doesn't all have to be perfect at Gecko. I feel like a lot of people don't start because they're waiting for perfection throughout all elements of their business. But I think that if you just start, let your consumers tell you what's important and then change it. Because a lot of time you spend time going, okay, it has to look like this, but the customer doesn't even want that. And so we've had to alter a lot of our business to what the customer wants, who essentially are the key because they're the ones that are buying it. And what's the thing that you're most proud of achieving with Collective Closets? What I'm most proud of that is when I get feedback from customers that they feel really strong in our outfits because I feel like, you know, in this day and age where, you know, women don't always get the glory or they don't always feel like they're um, championed, I love that we're able to create products that make them feel special in their own way every time they wear us. So I think that's the thing that I'm proud of. What an awesome thing to reflect on and give to women because, you know, when you look good, you feel good and that is just a fact. But Juma, thanks so much for joining us today. Now, if anyone is listening and they're keen to check out the designs of collective closets, add a splash of color, get that confidence and those compliments as they're walking down the street, where can they find you? Well, they can find us online um, on uh, collectivecloudsets.com.au. You can also find us on Instagram, which is Collective Closets, or you can just come into our store in um, West Melbourne. We're just near the Victoria Market. I'm sure the team will be so excited to welcome you into our space. I will put all those details and the address of the store in your episode notes so you'll be able to find them if you want to check them out. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode in our Shortcuts series on building a business brought to you by Square. If you're looking to start, run or grow your business, Square have the integrated tools that can help you to succeed no matter what kind of business you run. Just go to squareup.com to find out more. And in our final episode next week, we are going to be chatting with Matt Wiley, owner of Rebar in Sydney about the highs and lows of owning a business and what he has learnt along the way. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of iron ore and copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements at mine sites across Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. Claire, we're working with BHP again on Weekly Wrap this week because they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key for our economy's shift to renewable energy. Yeah, so we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role that mining companies are playing in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure, as well as bridges and transportation, hospitals and schools, and a big part of it comes from iron ore. That iron ore mainly hails from Western Australia, and BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Western Australian iron ore 
is clear. Yeah, and by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. That's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. 